Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath May 20th, we look at Lesson 8, The Sabbath and the End. Together, let's see both the Sabbath in concept and appearance found in the book of Revelation. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, Michael, here we are, Lesson 8, The Sabbath and the End, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, New King James Version is our memory text. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the, of the ages has hidden in, uh, which has been hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. And so uh, Sabbath and the end bring you a recognition of the Sabbath that is also found there in the three angels' message, Michael. And I, I love this and take us straight into it on Sunday's lesson, the judgment, creation, and accountability. Is there anything more um, Adventist than the Sabbath, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of our name and so just such a core aspect of our identity and and so we often talk about the sabbath in relationship to the end times but i i I like how this lesson is is basing this and we're going to begin with uh revelation chapter 14 verse 7 which we've been kind of unpacking that like almost every week right and it says he said in a loud voice, this is the angel, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. So that gives part of the context uh, because last week we talked about, um, you know, the, the our God as as creator, right? That's That's part of what it's talking about here. But then verse 10, they too, now this is by way of contrast, those that don't accept this, will drink the wine of God's fury which has been poured full strength into the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. So that's the wicked, right? That's, that's what's talking about here. And, um, you know, part of it is there's God's people at the end of time who are faithful to him. They keep God's law, not because they're trying to earn their salvation, but out of a sense of responsibility of loyalty, they are loyal to the creator God, right? So they honor him because uh, he created them. And here um, they take sacredly the trust of, of honoring God, what he's asked them to do by, by keeping his law. And of course, as Adventists, we talk about keeping all of God's commandments, including the fourth commandment, keeping and observing the seventh day Sabbath, right? Mm-hmm. So James chapter two, verses eight through 13, it talks about the royal law, which is loving the Lord uh, your neighbor, excuse me, as yourself, you're doing right. Um, but if you show favoritism, you're a lawbreaker. And so verse 10 says, keeping the whole law, and yet one who stumbles in one point is built guilty of breaking them all. So in other words, um, God doesn't let us just do a la carte, pick and choose what you want. God expects us to um, keep all of his law, right? So a part of, he's a relational God. So um, it's not like, I don't know if this is the best analogy, but, you know, it's not like uh, having your spouse and saying, well, I, I like you most of the time. I'll have you be my wife uh, six days a week or my spouse six days a week. But but one day a week, I'm going to go and spend spend time with somebody else. Heidi and Heidi and Lauren, neither one of us have said that. Uh... <laughs> <Grammar> buster. <laughs> We're not promoting this. <laughs> exactly. 
I mean, it's kind of the same kind of thing. If you really love somebody, you keep, you're going to be faithful to them all the time because uh, you value that relationship. And I think that's the same kind of, in a way, not quite, but but in a way for the analogy, that's the same kind of thing that if we value our relationship with God, you know, this is God's moral law. This is what he, what matters. This is, it's all relational here too. And, and God says, if you really love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Um, again, not because you have to, it's not earning our salvation, but He's a relational God and says, this is important. God's people at the end of time, they pay attention to God's commandments, all of God's commandments, because you can't just like pick and choose. And so that's that's the basic point in terms of accountability and judgment and so on. But but we have other reasons why the Sabbath matters. And Monday's lesson takes us to creation. Yeah. yeah. So the Sabbath and creation and uh, I don't want to lull anyone to to think like, oh, yeah, I, I know this already. Well, there, there's something else I, I want you to see and recognize here. And I want to go back to the original text uh, that is there in Genesis chapter two, uh, because there's something in studying this, Michael, that I, I didn't realize for myself, or I guess you could say a, a different perspective. Uh, Genesis 2, 1 through 3, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had labored, which uh, uh, ended his work, which he had done and rest on the seventh day uh, from all his work, which he had done. Then the Lord blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which he had, uh, which God had created and made. And Michael, the thing that I want us to uh, realize here is that in the midst of this, there is the story of redemption. And I know we talked about Christ as redeemer mixed in with the uh, judgment and creation last week, but this week there is the redemption story that's here because as you look at the Sabbath, there's this idea of rest and pause and it's like breathing. There's this nat- natural rhythm, uh, the work week r- rhythm. And you've probably heard throughout history of uh, France trying to go through the 10-day work week and how horrible it was because it threw off uh, circadian rhythms and everything else. And same thing as for our lives spiritually, the Sabbath brings about this idea and this notion of us taking out time to breathe and recognize and going back to our roots to recognize Christ not only as our creator, but the need for pause in our lives, the need for pause for not just uh, physical work, in, but also from the mental work, from the labor of worldly distraction, of being bombarded with these things, rest from uh, marital strife. Right. Uh, the, the Sabbath is a chance to connect with family and to say this day we're turning off. I'm sorry, we're, we're a little bit old school. And if you're not, I get that as well. But we choose to turn off electronics on that day and spend time uh, having good conversation with each other and and caring about each other. And so the redemption story is not just a story about salvation. It's a redemption story about our entire lives. Christ cares about our whole person and not just our eternal in the future person. He cares about the present person right now. And that's why the Sabbath and creation are so wonderfully tied together. And uh, so, Michael, tell us about the not so subtle deception. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you're talking about just turning off electronics. There can be a lot of different forms of that. Uh, For me, that's turning off social media. You know, that might look like, but you know, Anyways, I'm not here to say you're not keeping the Sabbath if you don't you have electronic <laughs> social media on, but but think of ways that you can be intentional to create those moments of of 
uh, being relational in, in your family, whatever that might look for you. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, let me try time in there too, because uh, same thing I said, I, I'm old school, but you know, I, I know a lot of friends who, like you said, they uh, choose to watch different things or listen to different things, but they take it and make it very special by going off on hikes or everyone's Sabbath probably looks a little bit different. Uh, and our interpretation of it might look a little bit different. It's not for me to determine or judge you for, but what it is, is for us to connect with God and connect with each other, right? However you choose to do that, uh, that's between you and God and your family. Love it. Love it. Well, Psalm 33, uh, verses six and nine, um, it's talking on Monday about uh, a not so subtle deception, right? Um, and so, uh, it talks about by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. And uh, verse nine, for he spoke and it came to be, he commanded and it stood firm. And I, I know there's a lot of controversy. People are kind of wondering, you know, how does how does this all work out? Because there's a lot of a lot of debate between scientists and and, um, and and biblical scholars. And, you know, what was the exact age of the earth? Was it was it long periods of time? Was it the, exactly six thousand years and stuff like that? And and Buster, I don't think you and I are going to solve that uh, that debate. But you know what's actually interesting is um, is I, I I'm actually okay not knowing all having all the you know necessarily the answers, um, but I can trust what Scripture actually says, the words of Scripture itself, and what it says is God created it, and and that's what to me is absolutely vital. It, it wasn't some random happenstance, but it, but that we can um, we see intentionality that God cared enough um, to to take that time to, as it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, right? So um, at, at however God did it, and it's something probably beyond all of us to understand, uh, but yet he did it. And so we can trust by faith that he created us. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, by faith, I like this, that's what we do is we accept this by faith, that we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And so, um, by the way, it doesn't say that uh, whatever, whenever this earth was created, we know that God has been creating the rest of the universe and, and um, infinity seems so beyond what anything we can fathom, but, but, and yet it is. And, uh, and so we realize that God uh, formed the universe. Uh, uh, however, again, it's amazing. There's um, tens of, of, billions and trillions and whatever um form of measurement you want to use it, and it goes still yet um so much far farther so much beyond right and um and, and i think the idea is is you know rather than get caught up in the specific details the important thing is is that um do you accept that god it, it however either created us or not and the deception is is this idea that he didn't create us right um so that's that's the contrast right and so if you either accept he did or he, he didn't. And, um, and so um, do you, do you accept God created you and me, Buster, you know, do we accept that? And, and if we do, then suddenly there is value and meaning that you and I have, because we are both fellow brothers in Christ created by the same creator God um, versus this idea of some kind of Darwinian struggle, you know, the survival of the fittest and, you know, then therefore we have to um, try to survive and surpass those around us. And that that fundamental notion of of 
the fact that I know that God created me, um, that I don't have to compete with others for that same kind of attention or whatever, right? Um, and that means that you and I have the same value. We don't have to strive over one another. And I think those such basic ideas um, are so important um, for for human life and the plan of redemption and everything else. And so we can accept God created us. Um, and that's, that's just such a beautiful thing. And, um, the contrast is, uh, the idea that God didn't create us. Right. Um, and so, uh, that, that kind of thing, and, and this is built into revelation 14, right? That the idea that God is our creator, God. And, um, because of that, that changes our view of the world. It changes how we see things and we accept God's creation of the universe and of us by faith. And that's, that's in itself brings meaning and beauty to my life. So, um, which comes, brings us back to the end times, the creation and the Sabbath, which is Wednesday's lesson buster. Yeah. So this lesson brings up revelation seven, nine, and 12, which all tell of a different story, but they build up onto each other. And once again, if you're f- familiar with this, great. If you're not, uh, hang on with me, but Revelation 14, 7, we've read it a lot during this uh, quarter, but saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgments come and worship him who made the heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Revelation 14, verse 9, Michael, uh, you share a little bit of this towards the end, but uh, then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worship the worships the beast in his image and received his mark on his forehead or his hand and 12 finishes off with here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus and says revelation 14, seven is a call to worship the creator and also, uh, the one who created all things, including the commandments, uh, that fourth commandment to spend that holy day with them. And then uh, 14, nine is a solemn appeal not to worship the beast in his image. And that's carrying us away from what God has called us to. And Revelation 14, 12 describes the people who keep the commandments of God and have the faith or the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so with all that being said, uh, we see here at the end time that there's a call and then there's an appeal not to, but then there is a people who stand firm. And I love it earlier, Revelation 14, verse 4, I believe. Here are those who, who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Here are those who, uh, the 144,000, who have a character of loving to be with and around the Creator, who follow Him and do whatever He asks them to do. And this is what our, the solemn call is for each and every one of us is to have that character that's found in Revelation 14, 12. Here are those who, if you will, if you want to summarize it, here are those who have the character of Christ. Here are those who have the character of God. Here are those who have the same character as one another, unified with God in who he is. Uh, and so with all that being said, creation, the Sabbath and end time, we don't have anything to fear. Uh, we are tied into Christ. We love him and he loves us. And because we love him, we love to keep the things that he has commanded us, uh, commanded us to. And so now, Michael, tell us about the Sabbath and eternal rest. Well, such a beautiful concept because if God created us and this ties in with their eschatology, it's, it's a lot less to do about which is the exact day. Although I'm, I'm not going to say that's not important. Obviously, we want to keep the correct day. Um, but, but, but it's actually about so much more. So it's kind of like, um, 
I don't know. I don't have the best analogies here, but but uh, like like having a, a wedding ring, right? You know, um, the point is is that you wear it. And I'm not saying some people may not want to do that, but but if you do, and I do, um, I it, it's a lot less about the actual ring, than it is about what it what it represents. You know, that relationship that's there, uh, and and so, um, and and so you know, God wants us to have that seventh day that that sabbath experience you know that kind of thing but but more than that is he wants us to be in right relationship with him and so as a symbol of that um it says in isaiah 65 verse 17 see i will create new heavens and a new earth and the former things will not be remembered nor will they come to mind and and uh does that mean does that mean that suddenly we're not going to be uh, keeping the Sabbath in, in heaven. So, okay, former things. Well, um, it's it's more than that. It's actually, it's it's kind of like it gets better. Just like, um, I hope, if you're in a loving relationship, you know, uh, I would I would say marriage gets better and better with time, right? Amen. And so, um, and the same thing, I think, um, that our creator God wants us to, to same to kind of recognize too, is that when we get to heaven, um, it's not that he's going to get rid of these things. It's actually going to get better um, how we understand things. Sabbath is going to get better. Um, heaven's going to be, you know, we have a chance um, to make a little heaven on earth, that kind of expression, right? Um, and so what we know now is only going to be uh, more grand and glorious. And and we're not going to have to worry about certain things. Verse 22, the same chapter. No longer will they build houses or, and others live in them or plant and others eat for as the days of a tree so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. In other words, um, doesn't mean we're not going to grow crops or have plants or be able to eat in heaven or have houses. In fact, it says we're going to be mansions, but but we're not going to have the same kind of maybe pressure, shall we say, right? To that um, if uh, in, in the ancient world, if your crops fail, that meant that you weren't going to have food right i mean it it, it it's a, it was a different kind of world and mentality but what they're saying is you you're not going to have to have the same kind of stresses or stressors that that cause us to have to worry about and maybe we could use that today and say you're not gonna have to worry about maybe having to maintain your car and and your bank account balance you know uh, but it's the same kind of thing and so second peter 3 verse 13 says in keeping with his promise we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And so when there's something that we realize that we um, are excited, we look forward to something because of that relationship. We love to spend time. My wife is actually traveling right now for some dissertation research. And she is obviously, I can tell she's having a good time, but she says, it's more fun when you're with me. Right. Oh, <laughs> all right. And so, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's this kind of thing that, you know, heaven is going to be more special because of who we're with and Jesus. That's why he wants us to be there with him. He wants all of us to be there together. Um, God's never going to force us, but he invites us. And um, cause it's just going to be um, so much more amazing. And, um, and there will be revelation 21 verse one is where we cap off here. Uh, I saw, this is John the revelator. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven, the first earth have passed away and there was no longer any sea. And uh, just again, beautiful promise. This is what is coming. We have something amazing to uh, look forward to, that eternal rest, which is what the Sabbath is all about. It's going to remind us to be in relationship to him. 
uh, with him together. And uh, what an awesome God we have. And so the creation reminds us about that. And the Sabbath is a symbol. Um, and it's it's more than just being right. It's about the relationship. And that is what is so profound, so incredible, and makes me excited about being a Seventh-day Adventist uh, because I can be in right relationship with him. And so I keep the Sabbath not to be like, oh, I'm better than you. No, it's because I realize the significance, the relational aspects of the Sabbath. And at the end of time, that's so important because um, uh, God's people, three angels' messages, they're going to have such a clear view, a clear understanding of who God is, um, the everlasting gospel and the significance of the Sabbath that um, it just changes everything about them. And, and Yes, indeed. Uh, exciting about being Seventh-day Adventist, and, and at least in my mind. Yeah. No, Michael, I, I agree with you on that. And the clarity that should come through by spending time with the Savior, the reflection that shines off of us as a result of basking in His glory, uh, it should be so clear. And I, I love that how you brought that out, because it's definitely true. Love it. Well, that puts a wrap for another week. So uh, until next week, thanks for joining us again for another episode of uh, Sabbath School Rescue. And until then, uh, this is Soup. And Swoops, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops, signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swau.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.